HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. And now, the final episode of the first season of Agave Road Trip. What are Lou and Chava gonna do with all their free time now? I think if you check agaveroadtrip.com, you'll get an idea of what's to come. Here's the wrap of their first season. Cheers. While Luna Mescal de Michoacan is the sponsor of Agave Road Trip. If you enjoy Agave Road Trip, we think you'll enjoy some La Luna Mescal. I am Lou Bank. I am Salvador Peribán, nicknamed Chava Peribán. And we are the Agave Road Trip. This is the wrap-up edition of the Agave Road Trip podcast for season one. Agave Road Trip is a podcast that engages gringo bartenders in agave spirits uh, uh, education in rural Mexico. Yeah, they're already very engaged every time I go into a bar. Yeah, that's And fair. I see bartenders dealing with mezcal. I can see a lot of appreciation for the spirit. Man, actually, those same bartenders, when they're not behind the bar, when they're the other side of the bar, they are extremely engaged. It's shocking to me how much they can drink. I, I, we had this experience in Durango. You remember that our chauffeur, the guy was driving around us, Durango. Jorge. Jorge. Loveliest human, very in the sweet, amazing man. man. Horrible vehicle, great man. <laughs> he was uh, the first day when he saw all of us. We're predominantly bartenders in, in our trip. I am not a bartender. There were predominantly bartenders. He came to me and asked me, "Are they going to be okay in half an hour?" I was like, "Yeah, these kids can drink. They're they're going to be fine." They in, would... half, in half an hour, like when we first started. Yeah, they were drinking. It was eight a.m. and people were already drinking. Oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. And he was like, will they, will they make it to noon? Like, like will they make it to 9 a.m.? <laughs> like, like, what's the deal with these kids? And then he realized they were strong and they were tough. Uh, <laughs> no, they're just accustomed to a, a Tecate IV drip. <laughs> but then we stopped by some gorditas. Yeah. And the, gordi- the, the, the lady there asked him, asked us, like, can you take chili? And the chauffeur jumped in there and told her, they can deal with mezcal, they can deal with satol, <laughs> they can deal with your chili, woman. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. I did not realize that. Anyway, yeah, like, like <laughs> all I'm trying to say is, uh, and I think agave spirits in a way don't kick them that bad. Well, uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it's, it's, I think it's irresponsible to say that it's okay to drink agave spirits. And like, but I get it. Like, there's a different feeling when you drink just the neat, clean agave spirits. And, and truthfully, when I go down to Mexico, like for me, I tend to start drinking at about 7 a.m. And I tend to stop drinking at around 11 a.m. or noon. Um, and it, like for me, it's sort of a pick-me-up in the morning. Yeah, because you cannot drink coffee. Yeah, I really can't. I well, I, I can. I just I don't like the flavor. I know. I get like, it. Like, I, we, we cannot be more different, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, that's that is very accurate, Chava. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, for me, that's uh, that's my morning. That's my morning wake up call. And you know, like I think now that we're talking about mornings, you made me wake up today very early to finish these episodes. I didn't and make you. I think you're becoming an adult today, Joe. Maybe, but you know, I, I woke up being very excited because I realized we haven't spoke a lot about a lot of the stuff that we really care about. Oh, dude. Like, like we've, we've done some episodes about the basics. We're like, we're just laying the... The, the foundation. The foundation. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that. This has been echoing in my head uh, while I'm sleeping. And something that hit me yesterday was the value of time. And I'm starting to think that maybe in some of these rural communities, part of the thing that makes them operate the way they operate is time has no value. And this is when you will go to me and say, yes, Chava, episode eight of, <laughs> of season six, seven. Yeah, 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 no, but like, it's fascinating to me. I, I first had this, this inkling of an idea when I was at Fortunato Hernandez's home drinking his spirits and he's got this menu on his wall where it lists like, I don't know, I think he had eight or nine different expressions, right? His espadin, his tobala, his madraquiche, his pachuga. He had all of them listed, right? And each one had a price next to it. And the price next to each one of those was 300 pesos a liter. Yes. Right, every <laughs> single one. So the fact that your espadin takes so much less time to reach maturity than your tobala doesn't matter to Fortunato, which makes me think that the time doesn't matter. And then, and then listening to my friend Dalton, right from from a game of latte, he did a um, an interview with uh, my other friends at the podcast Hey Hey Agave, and in that he said it was frustrating for him the first time he went to a mescalero to buy a batch to sell for his uh, subscription program, and he asked, "What's the price of one bottle?" And the guy was like, uh, 400 pesos. And then he asked, okay, what if I were to buy 200 bottles? And the guy said, that would be 400 pesos per bottle. And it frustrated him because he did like all the time that that Mescalero is saving by selling 200 bottles to one guy, right? There should be a savings. But I, I suspect, yeah. Okay, we're going to go into this rabbit hole, and I want to do this, the oh, full shit. thing. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, we're yeah. in the rabbit uh, hole. And I, I, I have a very different perspective on this, so let's do this. Let's go oh, into this God. rabbit hole. Let's, okay. do, let's so, go into this rabbit hole. Let's do this. So, I, I wonder if when I drive on the toll roads in Mexico, right, I drive fast. I think I'm safe, but I drive very fast. The first half an hour I spent with you in a car, I was terrified. Then I realized you were a safe driver. Right. Like, I'm really watching fast. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really, like, I don't want to waste time driving because, to me, time is valuable. But 
If you look at the newspapers in Oaxaca every single morning, it's pictures of people who have been killed on those toll roads. Correct. Driving like maniacs. And I have this theory that for people who grow up with the concept of Dia de los Muertos, of the concept of that death is just another stage of life and that time is infinite, that that it, it, like in my world, there's nothing more valuable than time. And I think in their world, there's all the time in the world. Okay, I'm here now. And when I die, I go to the afterlife and I'll come back and visit my family. I'll have all the time. I'll have infinite time. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, don't want to say that's an oversimplification of it. And of course, we're trying to do this fast and, and in a nutshell. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I think it's it's it might be a little bit more complicated than that because... A, we have realized that a lot of these mescaleros are not very number-oriented. <laughs> yes, no, that's, <laughs> right, that's like, where, like, my head is going to the time that uh, my friend Amando said I had, to, if I was going to bury, have him bury a gallon of uh, his agave spirits underground, um, that I would have to leave it for two years. And I dropped it off in July of, I want to say, 2016. And then when I visited him in December of 2017, he said, it's been two years. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know it's not been two years, but if he says I can take it, I, I'll, I'll take it. So I think it's, it's not so much time. I think it's the calculation, calculating everything in numbers, what it's fundamentally different. It's just the access to how 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 you how, how you count, let's say. You know, so so I think it's a, it's an interesting theory, and I think every time the next trip that you and I take uh, through rural Mexico, visiting these men and women who make these traditional and artisanal agave spirits, I think that we should uh, ask them questions about time without being overt as to what we're getting at, and get a sense of it. Like I want I want to ask Fortunato. Okay, so the espadine, how long does that take to mature? And it, that's 300 pesos. Great. So now your tobala, how long does that take to mature? But even more important than that, it's a lot of these agaves have different efficiencies. So if you In take terms of how uh, much uh, uh, how, how the much bricks count, the sugar count. Exactly. Like how much tons do I need to make how many liters? So you take a tepestat and you need a lot more work. Forget how long did it take to mature? So you have to chop so, so three there, times but, more. But there again, it's still, still time. It's still time. And, and force and muscle. And it's yes. still 300 pesos. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, when we start thinking about uh, things for season two, that's where my head goes. Where does your head go? Oof. And I mean, we spent countless hours talking about this. For me, I, I think I, I, we've even got to the point where I, I claim that if we as normal people have access to more delicious, more complex drinks in our everyday life. Probably we can have more complex, more elaborate minds. And, Whoa, uh, hang yeah, on. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. suggesting that the food we eat relates to the quality, the quality of our life? The quality of our thoughts and the quality of our life. I think the quality I, of our thoughts and the quality of our life. I think if you have drank Bacardi all your life, I mean, I know a lot of very interesting people have drank Bacardi all their lives, but I think like if that is what you like your full understanding of a spirit, then you're not going to have real interesting ideas about many other things, maybe. But I think like oh. agave spirits, due to their complexity and their strangeness, they might suggest things that you might not know and they might open your world, might God. invite you to go to rural I, Mexico. I, I, it feels so weird to say this to you, but that feels so classist to me. 
so Lord. yeah, oh, so Lord. so my head goes to the uh, the woman who attended my Mezcal One Hundred and One uh, session at the twenty nineteen Tales of the Cocktail. Um, at that session, I poured ten mezcals, and this woman, she and her husband, like that's what they do is they cocktail. He's a surgeon, and she's um, like a an industrial librarian, technical librarian, and um, and she she's contributed a lot of money to Sacred as a result of attending that 101 session. Sacred is your NGO. Sacred, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> Sacred is the nonprofit that I run that helps improve quality of life in the rural Mexican communities where agave spirits are made. Um, so she's made a number of donations, large donations to me, and she told me that, and she met me at that session, and she told me that her favorite spirit at that session was Zignum, was the most bland spirit that I poured I don't think this is a woman who lacks for quality in her life, um, either in terms of uh, things that she consumes, ideas that she has. So I, I, I get what you're saying, that, that it could lead to that, but I think it's kind of classist. But here again, I think, I think uh, this could be a good way to approach some of our future trips. I think we just don't know a lot of things, Lou. I think we're uh, uh, like, like, seriously, like I, I think we're trying to figure out a lot of things, uh, and, and I think that's why we should record more. Okay, so then that's our goal. Season two uh, will resolve all questions that anybody has about the universe. Please write to us. Write to us. There you go. We're gonna set up a link on the website. Write to us and let let us know what you want to know, and we're going to ask those questions of the men and women who make agave spirits when we travel next through rural Mexico. There's always puppies. There's always palenque puppies and mescalero mutts. Okay. Signing out on season one. This is Lou Bank. This is Salvador Peribán, and this has been Agave Road Trip. What you just heard was Agave Road Trip. And you can keep hearing Agave Road Trip for the first eight episodes on the Speakeasy. But what are they going to do after that, Chava? They'll have to come and hunt us down at agaveroadtrip.com or subscribe wherever they listen to their podcast for our magnificent upcoming season two. Agave Road Trip is brought to you by La Luna Mezcal de Michoacán. Hey Lou, I was wondering if you ever drink mezcal cocktails, and if you do, do you happen to know any secret obscure formula to make them truly delicious? <laughs> Why, as a matter of fact, Java, I have. I have tried the Cupriata mezcal from our friends at La Luna Mezcal. Uh, so you know, it's one of it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, of the cocktail mezcals, what people call cocktail mezcal, and it's sort of a term that I think people use uh, uh, sometimes derisively. But I gotta say. I will drink neat mezcal cupriata from La Luna, and I also enjoy it in a cocktail. And I don't tend to drink cocktails that much. Uh, it's funny. I, I had uh, my friend uh, Michael Rubel at Estereo make some uh, cocktails for me, and I asked him to try different mezcals in them. And my favorite blind taste test was the one that had the La Luna cupriata. Many thanks to Lou Bank and Chava Pereban for bringing us this special presentation of Agave Road Trip on the Speakeasy. You can listen to all of Season 1 right now. Agave Road Trip is available on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. 
Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>